Welcome back. Good to have you. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. We open the show today for those that are just coming on the network. The rest of our wonderful grouping of affiliates. Uh, yes, today is May 4th. Yes. I don't care. Star Wars, there is the Star Wars reference. And no, we... You know, Ben, ben is a, a Star Wars guy. Myself, I... The original I thought was fantastic. A couple of the sequels were okay. And then after that, I... We haven't really gotten into it, uh, but we just don't really talk too much about it on the program, to be quite honest with you. So, just wanted to acknowledge it. I applaud all of you who are Star Wars of files, but that's about the extent of it. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You can find us on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find Ben at Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter. Instagram is simple. Instagram and the Facebook fan page are The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, if you want to subscribe for free on YouTube or on Twitch TV, simply go to Bill Michaels Show. Same thing. Just leave out the the. And uh, email us, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. The website, thebillmichaels.com. You can download and listen to us anywhere and everywhere. And tomorrow, you've got, uh, is it tomorrow, Ben, uh, a day game for the Brewers? Today, 210. It's today, 210. Yeah. Oh, well, then we don't have to worry about it. Do we, uh, we don't lose yeah, any. Uh, broadcast any starts at 135. So okay, so if you want to listen to the last half hour of the show, you want to download the app. You got to download uh, the Zone Madison W O Z N the Zone Madison app. Download that. Uh, you can also find us uh, after the fact on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, this one is from a uh, Janky, and hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, J H A N K E, unless it's Yankee. Uh, wants to know: uh, Are there still spots remaining uh, for the golf outing this weekend? And is Jordan Love going to be is Jordan Love going to be having the ability to change the play the line of scrimmage? Uh, first of all, yes, there. Uh, I believe at least as of yesterday, I believe there was a space open. So if you've got a foursome, you want to get into it, you got to get there quick. Uh, it, it may be gone. I, I don't know. I haven't checked. But uh, get a hold of our friends at Viroqua Hills Golf Course six zero eight six three seven seventy six fifteen. And yes, uh, to those who are asking, we're going to be at Kickapoo Creekside tomorrow night for dinner. Uh, group of us. So if you want to come out and hang out and say hi, we're going to be there. Uh, if you want to come in and have dinner, we're not doing an appearance or anything. We're just going there for dinner, but that's where we're going to be. And then Saturday morning, we're going to be at the Agra Center from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Going to be with our guy Ernie. And then uh, we're going to be at the golf course uh, with a shotgun start at 1 o'clock. And then we're doing kind of a Q&A thing afterwards. We're doing some food afterwards. It's going to be a really fun time. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And then after that, we're out in the town. Uh, got to get up early the next day and get back to uh, the Milwaukee area, but we're going to be out on the town on Saturday night, so look for us out there, but yes. So to answer your question about Jordan Love having the ability to change the play at the line of scrimmage, I, I get the sense that if they're, yeah, I mean, I, I would think that any quarterback in the National Football League would have the ability, if something you, you just flat out knew wasn't going to work, was going to have the ability to change the play at the line of scrimmage. I, I, I would say yes. Now, Going back to just before we went to break and came on the air, when you talk about the David Bakhtiari interview, and, and I don't know what he's specifically referencing. I don't know where it was and where he saw it. I'm only going by what was stated by uh, a listener on the live stream. The uh, 
back when I used to do the Lodge Kohler kickoff, it was a it was either Monday night or a Tuesday night show. I can't remember. But when we would do the kickoff, we had numerous guests, and uh, I don't want to get into the names because they, they told us some things in confidence and some things they did say on the air, but I'm just going to kind of keep it general. But we had wide receivers. We had running backs. We had linemen. We had defensive players, all that kind of stuff. We had a really good grouping of guests. And we would talk during commercial break or prior to going on the air and what have you, you know. And there were things that were topical. And I'll never forget there was a couple of conversations, uh, offensively speaking, about towards the end of Mike McCarthy's run. And uh, one was Mark was about a scantling. Uh, I can tell you that. He's not even here anymore. But MVS, had, him and I were um, having a conversation. And he said, yeah, he said it was awkward because he'd come into the the huddle and – you know, in, in practice, the coaches would run certain plays, and they would make sure that your play was this. This is what you did on this play that was called. And they would beat it into you so you never forgot it. That's what you do. It's repetition that that gets you, you know, perfection, and, or at least the strive to. And he said you know, the play would come in, and Rodgers would say the play and then look at him and say, we're not going to run that, though, and then run a different play which was probably more suited to either what the flow of the game was, what Rodgers wanted to do, or maybe the personnel that were on the field. But then the receiver, being a younger guy, would get to the sideline, and they'd be screaming, like, what the F was that? What, you know, what was going on? You know, And then he didn't want to say, well, Aaron said to hell with it. He just said, I just ran what Aaron called. Because the players, remember, they can't hear what's in the quarterback's head. So they, he, he just said, the only thing I could ever say is I ran what was called, you know? And it got to be where they were kind of being put between the coaches and Aaron because Aaron wanted to do Aaron things and the coaches wanted to do coaching things. And it, it really became an area of, hey, you guys work it out. I Don't bring me into this. I just want to go play football. I want to run the play that's called. So – which is what you're supposed to do. Look, what the quarterback calls is what you run because that's what the quarterback's going to run. But it became an area of, yeah, it became rather noticeable that Aaron just wasn't going to run certain plays or run things in a certain rhythm, so to speak. Anyway, will Jordan Love have the ability to change plates line of scrimmage? Yes, to answer your question. I, how much ability? It's, it's going to be an either-or. You know, it could be an RPO, it, it, you know, whatever. But there's going to be certain indicators, as every play gives you, as to personnel that are on the field, um, where you believe pressure is coming from, what your blocking schemes are. There's a lot of things for a quarterback to absorb. And that's one thing I think that the Packers, uh, specifically a guy like Josh Myers, who calls out the blocking scheme, they're going to miss because Rodgers knew it. He knew, just like Peyton Manning, man, he knew walking to the line of scrimmage, he knew the call. You know, sometimes they'll tell you that as a young quarterback, don't worry about the, the the blocking calls because you just need to focus on what the play actually is. And the linemen who are there, they know what they have to do. They know their responsibility. So, therefore, the way the play is designed, you run it, and the, the, the design of the play should take care of itself. Uh, but Rodgers, guys like Peyton Manning, Rodgers, Tom Brady, they Drew Brees, they knew it. They could come up and say, no, 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 no. Look, you've got a guy who's seeping up here off of the edge you've got a a safety that's now dropping back they're they're not it's it's not 
you know, cover one, it's cover two or whatever. You know, whatever it happens to be. He knew it. They knew it. Or if they were bringing a linebacker or if they had an extra linebacker on the field or maybe they had a propensity to say every time this safety's in, he comes off the edge, he's a blitzer. You know, or he'll fake to the line of scrimmage and drop back, but he's really not in man coverage. You know, whatever. I mean, he knew that. But the only way you learn that is is with experience. So will he have the ability to change the line, plays at the line of scrimmage? I think you get two plays. It's an either or. And they're based off of the same trees, so to speak, or the same branches of the tree. Uh, I hope that answers your question. Is that like explanation 101, Ben? Does that make it easier? It does. I, I mean, it's hard to project, I, I would say, going forward. Right. I, going back to, to that time, 100%. But I, I think it speaks to how much goes on that isn't just what happens when the ball gets snapped at the line or just when right. the television's on. Right. Right? Like, like whether it's uh, internal within the building, a, a head coach being the offensive guy and taking stuff away from the OC if that's the dynamic. Like yeah. It speaks to how what we see on Sunday is it encap- like it encaptures everything else that goes on. But when it gets dysfunctional, it's very hard to point to exactly what it is unless you know. Right. Speaking uh, exactly. from somebody who has watched the Wisconsin Badgers play for the last yeah. three to four years. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1671. Hit us up. Please feel free. Go ahead and do so again. 877 867 1670 uh, is where you can find us. Uh, Jason says Brett Favre did the same thing. Uh, they read their press clippings way too much. Um, Thomas says it's going to be fun to watch actually Matt's offense and see exactly what it looks like. Yeah, like I said, I it's this is a lot of coaching this year. Not only are you in – here's the reason why. Your offensive line is veteran. Been there, done that. They know that. Your running backs been there, done that. They know that. But you got second-year Christian Watson, Romeo Dove, Samari Torre, and you've got your new wide receivers in Jaden Reed and company this year, plus two new tight ends this year. It is going to be – and a new quarterback. It is going to be a lot on Matt LaFleur and that coaching staff to get – I hate to say coach him up because we use that term almost loosely and, and jokingly, but it's going to be a lot to coach him up. It's going to be a lot to watch this. That's why you're going to see this thing run – Almost, almost in its purest form of this is Matt LaFleur's offense. And I got to believe, and as as Anthony just stated, I got to believe that you are not going to see all of this shotgun going deep on third and two, third and one, um, I, I, I just got to believe that the, the, you're going to see the ball mixed up more. You're going to see quick outs to a tight end, quick outs to a running back out of the backfield, handoffs, you know, pitches, RPOs, things like that, where you're going to see the, the backs utilized a little bit more. You're going to see every now and then over the top to Christian Watson and see if you can hit one or two to stretch that defense back out. You're going to get – Reed and, and Romeo Dobbs and Torrey, you're going to get them over the middle. You're going to get those tight ends utilized a little bit more to see what kind of pass-catching hands they actually have. All of that's going to come into play. All of that's going to come into play. What you have to hope for, I think, and you knock on wood, your offensive line stays healthy because continuity up front is everything. It's everything. But I just... 
Offensively, I'm I'm excited to watch exactly what it is we described. Matt LaFleur's purest offense, the the progression of Dobbs and Torre and Watson, um, the how the guys, um, the running backs respond to a new signal caller. Um, because I already know uh, they've already talked quietly behind the scenes, like, hey, when when he's ready, meaning Jordan Love, we got his back. You know, we that's that's okay. We're, we're here. We're ready to go. You know, they they are Aaron Jones and 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 AJ Dillon are Packers. They're not. They loved Aaron Rodgers, but they're not Rodgers. They are Green Bay Packers. They love the city. They love the franchise. They love where they play. They love the situation they're in. Uh, they really do. So they're Packers. They 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 bought into that organization, not just the players, but the organization as a whole. So you're excited to see all that go and flow. But uh, but I'm excited to see how this offense under Jordan Love is going to operate. And then uh, what I can't wait for is to be there live and in person at the games and see the play actually run and open up and then see in that moment if you can see the drop-off or the similarity, remember, between reaction time of Aaron Rodgers and anticipation time of Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love and his mental capacity to say, here's what I recognize, here's where I get rid of the ball, and grip it and rip it. Because Rodgers had, he was thinking a second or two ahead. So he could see it. He knew what was about to happen. And therefore, he could release the ball and get rid of it in a trigger or feel the pressure in that extra second or two and then kind of let the play develop to where he could open it up and say, okay, I'm going to hit that hole and hit this hole and throw it into windows. So I, I'm, anx- I'm anxious to see the mental capacity side of things more with Jordan Love because how much or how little of a drop-off will there be between Rodgers and Love? That's what I'm interested to see. Stay tuned. we got a lot more to get to. The Bill Michael Show continuing this portion of the program, brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 0% financing, 48 months, but the only way to get it, which, by the way, they're the uh, the top-rated, number one, uh, replacement window and door by homeowners in the, in the state of Wisconsin. That's Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. The only way to get the free in-home consultation for free. Call them, 855-PELLA. WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. And whether it's the vinyl, the impervia, which is stronger than fiberglass, the uh, three different styles of wood windows, interior, exterior beautification, curb appeal, hardware, roll screens, innovation, slider windows, I can go on and on and on. They are fantastic. No reason not to get them. That is our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hotel Casino, the sports book now open, 360 bar open, Dream Dance open, everything going well down there at Pottawatomie. If you want to make it a weekend stay, the hotel open, so go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig, P-A-Y-S, PaysBig.com. That's Pottawatomie Hotel 
Casino. Joining us now over on the uh, the hotline is our guy Brad Spielberger from uh, Pro Football Focus, and you can find him at PFF underscore Brad. PFF underscore Brad. You can also see his stuff uh, on Over the Cap as well. So uh, good to have him on. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing? We're doing well. So let's first and foremost talk about the Jordan Love contract. And, uh, you know, everybody asks, well, who won this deal? And I said well, after I looked at it, he's got the ability to make quite a bit of money if indeed he hits all of his incentives. And then the second portion of this is the best deals are the one that benefits everybody. The Packers didn't have to sign him to any kind of a long-term deal. It's basically a prove-it deal for him. They don't have to overpay for a talent that they don't know nothing about yet as far as wins and losses goes, and yet he gets paid. I mean, it's, it, do you kind of look at it that way, or is there a side that you feel won this deal? Yeah, no, I think Green Bay won this thing by, uh, I would say, a landslide, honestly. Um, and I've been t- getting, taking a beating uh, from Packers fans. I'm trying to just be objective in my breakdown of this contract, like every single contract Look. Love does protect his downside risk. Going to make about $10 million this year instead of about $3 million this year. That is great. But instead of a $20.2 million fully guaranteed fifth-year option, you know, he adds that much plus $5.5 million in fully guaranteed salary next year. But if you look at the incentive breakout, Albert Breer just tweeted it. In my opinion, of that $9 million, only 500000 of it, which is the 65% of snaps played, is easily attainable. The next easiest thing would be him finishing top 16 and passing touchdowns, passing yards, yards per attempt, um, or, you know, making the playoffs, winning playoff games, things like that. So, yes, he does, of course, make more money. He protects himself, protects the floor. Um, but, but to be honest, the takeaway for me is, you know, if you really thought you were going to step in, have a great year, um, you would say, you know what, fine. If you're not going to pick up my option, I'll gamble on myself and and try to cash out a huge payday. Um, instead, I think he conceded a lot here, uh, and Green Bay really had got a nice deal. The uh, the the contract uh, status of of Jordan Love also plays into the overall salary cap availability for this season, and then going into next season. Now. Uh, tell me a little bit about what the Packers, in your eyes, may have, because you would assume, first of all, they got to pay the the rookies, and then secondly, they may have a, a June first cut. They, I know that everybody covets a, a veteran wide receiver, but I don't know what kind of money they're going to have to spend on somebody like that. And in addition to that, if somebody they need to pick up during the season becomes available because of injury, how much money is this team legitimately going to have? So they have a decent little chunk, um, you know, I mean, from a cash standpoint, obviously clearing $60 million for Rodgers. Uh, you know, we look at the cap, but that is you're going to breathe a sigh of relief in that front office and as you're trying to just build up the cash to pay someone. But, yeah, they have around $17 million in cap space right now. They'll lose a tiny little bit in 2023 from the Jordan Love restructure, but obviously have way more cap space in 2024 than they would have. So, you know, knowing you have future financial flexibility is also a nice thing, not having that $20 million stamp, you know, kind of on your book for next year maybe enable you to be a little bit more flexible um, and add some talent. So, look, are they going to make a big splash? That's kind of not their M.O. regardless of their cap situation. But they do. You know, if maybe things are going well, or like you said, a guy gets cut, that they covet, I think they can still make a couple moves here and there. So, that being said, how much money do you think, uh, now this is obviously still included David Bakhtiari's salary going into next year, but if you get rid of that, it's about $20 million that you can gain. But will this team have money next year to spend via free agency if they choose to do so? Yeah, yeah, they will. So, like you said, there obviously are some big decisions coming ahead. If you want to 
you know, clear another $20 million off your books. The David Bakhtiari move, that obviously changes things. You know, what is going to be the status of a Rashawn Gary? That, of course, will change things as well. But, yeah, they will. I mean, they can make a couple tough decisions and move off some of the players. They can restructure some contracts if they'd like to to clear even more room. Um, but, yeah, they really should not be hamstrung from a salary cap standpoint. If, let's say, you know, things do go well and Jordan Love plays well and maybe even signs a new deal, they should still be able to add on top of that um, you know, the big, big thing is getting the extra draft capital for some cheap, uh, you know, rookie contract players, of course, and then obviously not paying Aaron Rodgers, you know, $110 million over two years. Right, uh, which is going to be a huge amount of money that comes off the books at the end of this season. So for for all the money that they've kicked down the, down the road, so to speak, with, uh, you know, kind of, quote, going for it over the last couple of years, Next year really is kind of a be- the beginning of the emancipation process, correct? With, uh, with as far as money goes, and then in two years, short of any kind of a crazy contract, they should be in really good shape. Yeah, no, I see it the same way. They have about fifty-seven million dollars in dead cap for this year, uh, which is near the top of the league, not the, the biggest amount, but the third most in the NFL. And I think it's smart to take all that hit, take it right away. You know, I know people talked about, oh, should they spread out Aaron Rodgers, you know, dead cap money over multiple years? I like the approach of just take the hit, work through it in one year, and get back to being able to spend more freely as fast as possible. I think they did that. I think they did a good, did a good job of that. And, yes, I think by 2025, yeah, realistically, you know, things should be very, very flexible. So, yeah, I was going to say, come 2025, I mean, they've, they've got a, a pretty good size uh, amount of money with some of the money and some of the numbers that they're throwing around out there. They're going to be one of the top teams in football, I think, at least in the top half. They're already sitting there with, what, about 120, 135, $140 million, uh, sitting there right now in 2025. So they got some guys that they can sign. So now that being said, um, is, is there anybody that you can see significantly that's about to come off somebody's books after June 1st that the Packers could possibly target? Because we always talk about, you know, the money that's owed and where the teams are right now, but we all know teams look at salary and say, hey, we're not going to make a move on you until after June 1st because we get more money back then, we get more salary cap saving. So is there a wide receiver or is there, a you know, an offensive tackle, say, somebody that the Packers might go after, might entice them? Yeah, you know, I think one that's kind of funny because his name was floated in trade conversations that I never understood it, uh, and that's Corey Davis, the, the New York Jets wide receiver. I say I never understood it because he's set to make $10.5 million non-guaranteed salary next year. You know, smart teams are going to sit there and say, hey, you know what, we don't want to trade for this contract, but of course, if he does maybe get cut, uh, we can then swoop in and see if we can add him as a cap casualty. The Jets aren't really waiting for June 1st. He doesn't have a massive dead cap burden. I think it's more, you know, once they get Rodgers on the team officially and then sorting through the rest of their roster, they've obviously continued to add wide receivers, notably Randall Cobb yesterday. So I think he's probably the biggest name receiver you could think of. I do think he makes sense to add into that receiver room. A bit of a you know, different target, a big body, kind of not jump ball, but a big body guy that can box out and make plays downfield. You know, not quite a speedster like Christian Watson, not quite a, you know, separator like a new Jaden Reed. So I think he'd make some sense. As for tackle, you know, it's kind of funny. The, the trade-up with the New York Jets, I think, was clearly a slam-dunk win for the Green Bay Packers. They go ahead and get Lucas Van Ness, who I'm very high on. But I think you saw the Jets wanted to take Broderick Jones, the tackle from Georgia. And I think if they had, then maybe they would have been comfortable moving on from one of the many tackles they have on their roster. Um, and now, of course, they don't. Um, you know, because they, they end up taking edge rusher instead and have to rely on some of those players. So 
the Patriots can maybe move on from a player. Uh, a guy like Riley Reef, I think, will stick. But um, Calvin Anderson is there and is a solid swing tackle that's used to that outside zone scheme. Um, there will be some guys that come aboard. But as you know, you know, teams aren't cutting great tackles, uh, you know, in, in May and June. The uh, uh, By the way, we're talking with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, PFF underscore Brad. You can find his stuff at Over the Cap as well. i got to ask you, because I'm sitting here watching the Lamar Jackson press conference and the amount of money he's getting paid. We know there's some big-time money out there when it comes to the quarterback position. And quarterbacks traditionally, until this year, any quarterback making more than 13.5% of their team's total salary cap had not won a championship. Now, we know that uh, Patrick Mahomes did it making 17.5%. But some of these quarterbacks are making an exorbitant amount of money. Can teams continue to win when they pay the quarterback? I mean, you don't want to lose them, obviously. But if you pay them and the quarterbacks know I'm taking more than 16 17 18% of the team's total salary cap, do teams have really the ability to fortify an entire 53-man roster and put the best foot forward to, to, to put a team behind them to win? So I'll tell you this, the stat that always gets floated around, like you mentioned, just got kind of debunked by Patrick Mahomes, although, again, he's Mahomes, a little bit different story. But I think the thing that people miss is that, A, we're talking cap hit in a single given year, and as you know, we're talking about, you can obviously manipulate that to an extreme degree. And so I think even, even sometimes there have been teams that have won Super Bowls after they restructured a very expensive and highly paid quarterback but they lowered his cap hit in that given year. Um, there's also been, you know, teams that make the conference championship games, teams that make the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan would have been, you know, the, the record before Patrick Mahomes if, if the Falcons didn't blow a 28 to three lead. So, you know, I don't love that stat. I get why it's out there. But I will tell you this though: there are teams now that think ignoring cap and more just looking at the caster spending, which obviously does impact the salary cap, but. The growth of quarterback contracts is now exceeding the growth of the salary cap at an exponential rate. So you know, they used to kind of grow in tandem. If you looked over a number of years, they both would grow at a similar rate. Now, these contracts are just jumping and jumping each offseason. We're not even done yet. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. I think Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert will make more than him by August. So um, it, it is getting to an inflection point where there are some teams that think it's kind of getting out of hand. Uh, at the end of the day, though, if you have a quarterback of that caliber, you're, you're going to pay him. Well, that was going to be my next question because the next guy on the docket would be Joe Burrow, you would assume. But Justin Herbert is going to make good money, but I don't think he's going to make Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes money. But how much is Joe Burrow now looking at? What would be a reasonable contract for what Joe Burrow has been able to to, to kind of produce in Cincinnati? Because he took that team from banging their head against anonymity to all of a sudden being a serious contender in the AFC. Yeah, so, so I, I do think Herbert goes first. I think he is going to top Lamar Jackson. I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't, wow. frankly. Um, so, oh, yeah. So he'll probably get $52.5, $53 million, And then I think Joe Burrow comes in after that and gets, you know, $53.5, $54 million, uh, in per-year average. And the battle there will be more about how long the contract is. You know, unlike a Jalen Hurts, unlike a Lamar Jackson, you know, those guys have two years left. They have the fifth-year option and the fourth year of their rookie deal. So maybe they want to go to a shorter term because obviously the smartest thing you can do is get back to the market, especially if you're Joe Burrow and we're an older rookie, you know, a 24-year-old rookie. But, yeah, no, both of those guys I expect to be, you know, Burrow the highest paid and, and Herbert the second highest paid quarterback, like I said, by, by week one. Wow, that's that's some. I, I didn't think Justin Herbert would draw that kind of money, but I'll take your word for it, man. You know it better than I do. Hey, real quick before I let you go, you talked about Lucas Van Essen really being excited about him. Give me your thoughts overall on the Green Bay Packers draft. Yeah, I think it was a good class. I, I will be honest. I think it is a class that is thinking long term, but you know, which I, I would say is probably 
uh, something the Packers tend to do, and is why I think they're one of the best drafting teams in the NFL over the last you know 20 some odd years. So I would temper expectations. Tight end is one of the slowest learning curves in the NFL, um, but I love the athlete that Tucker Craft is. He's a fascinating player. I know teams are very high on Luke Musgrave. I think he's a good player as well. Uh, but but Kraft sticks out to me as kind of a you know a ball of clay you can mold a little bit. But neither guy really I expect to do a ton their first year. And then Lucas Van Ness. I know they've talked now about maybe moving him on the inside, playing him at three technique, five technique type of thing. He has the build to do either spot. I think you can put him on the edge, you can put him on the inside. But again, he reminds me that kind of over Rashawn Gary, where they're going to have to, you know, reconfigure his body, his frame, and, and how he's built. But once he does, I, I think he could be a really, really good player in a couple of years. Excellent stuff. That's the reason we have you, Brad. Appreciate it as always, pal. And we'll talk to you again soon, okay? Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, bud. Talk to you later. He drops off. You can get on board. That's Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. You can find him and follow him at PFF underscore Brad. He also works at overthecap.com, and he works on a lot of the salary cap stuff and draft stuff, so uh, great to get him on board and to get his thoughts. But that was uh, – did you figure Justin Herbert, Ben, would make more money than Lamar Jackson? I can see Lamar Jackson's won an MVP, but is it just because of the times? But Justin Herbert, really? Well, there's the injury part with Jackson. There's the yeah. playing style. And Herbert's been banged up, too. But there, there's something about Herbert, and I, I get it. Uh, the eye test thinks like he's an amazing quarterback, but people just love him, like gush over him. Talk about him as, as the most talented guy in the league. I, I don't see that. If I was going to start a team today, it would be a coin flip between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. And many people uh, put Herbert one behind that, like right behind that, which I see, also am would, not there yet. Would Herbert, who's, don't get me wrong, I mean, Herbert's got a lot of uh, still untapped potential. Would you put Herbert above Jalen Hurts? It's a very tough question. Uh, I'll plead the fifth. See, I don't know. I mean, feel free because I wouldn't. I, I think they're neck and neck, to be honest. I think now, now I'll say this, and I, I don't want to digress too much, but. I, I'm not fond of the coaching staff and company in L.A. for the Chargers. I think at times it's been a hindrance. But I don't know, man. I just I, – I, Justin Herbert is good. I don't think he's on that echelon of, of the performance of great. And, look, I – Lamar Jackson, I have – you know my opinion. I think Lamar Jackson had one great year – and he is getting banged up, beat up, and I wouldn't have paid him that much money. I just wouldn't have. Um, I'd have started over. I just don't think he's that good of a quarterback. He's going to go down as a terrific one, but I just don't think he's that great. Uh, can Justin Herbert be great? I think there's a lot of untapped potential, but the, the ugly word that's always attached to you is potential until you realize that potential. Joe Burrow has proven it. You give Joe Burrow time, that guy, Matrix, he can get it done. Patrick Mahomes, he can get it done in many different ways. They're two different quarterbacks, but many different ways they can beat you. Josh Allen is starting to become the red zone turnover machine, and he's starting. they're starting to look at that window beginning to close uh, in Buffalo. It was wide open the last two years, and now it's kind of like, eh, they're not there, they're not there, and all of a sudden the light's starting to dwindle a little bit, and they could be in all of a sudden this uh, you know, reload mode. But – 
I don't, I don't, man, I don't know. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hey, my buddy Corey wants me to remind you that uh, whether it's a concert, a wedding, wedding reception, meeting space, dance hall space, whatever it happens to be, you just want to go in and get yourself a pint. Uh, it's the Irish Cultural Heritage Center uh, on West Wisconsin Avenue, just west of the campus of Marquette. It's like right on the verge of Marquette campus. And uh, it's right on West Wisconsin Avenue. And if you want to check it out, do it. But uh, he says, hey, give them a call. They're a not-for-profit, so it's not like they're out to make a ton of money on you or anything like that. It's just a great space, and it's an old, eclectic, beautiful old church church uh, and building. Uh, call them, 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. Again, 414-345-8800. Also, he is a guy that works the... Uh, uh, as a um, an EMT, uh, a guy that works the uh, the ambulance and the training staff and such for the Milwaukee Admirals. He's at all the Admirals games. I always follow his pictures. And by the way, the Admirals last night fell in a shootout. Ugh. So they're back at it again. Home ice come Friday night down at the UW Panther Arena. Get down there and support the Admirals. They're down two games to one in the series. They need this one tomorrow night. They got to get a couple. So check, uh, check out your Admirals tickets. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.